Welcome to the Mothman in the Bible Belt Podcast with your host, Buck Fantastic. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe in life after love? First time author Brian Cochran just released a book about both. Cochran's book, The Spring House, is about a middle-aged gay man, Sam, that purchases an old farmhouse in Georgia. The house has a history, among other things. On this episode of the Mothman the Bible Belt podcast, Georgia-born author Brian Cochran talks the spring house, his life in Georgia, and current life in West Virginia. Cochran also dishes on real-life ghosts, seeing the B-52s and R.E.M. before they got famous, and the gay experience in the Peach State. Join me, your host, Buck Fantastic, for another exciting episode of the Mothman and the Bible Belt podcast. It's spooky-licious. Brian. Yes. Tell us about your first published book, The Spring House. Oh, my gosh. Um, so exciting for me because I've, I've wanted to do this forever, basically. So it finally has happened, and I'm, I'm still kind of reeling from it. I wrote this book last year, um, and then I, it took a while to find a publisher, but then I found somebody who believed in the story and believed in the book, and took me on and um man from the time he took me on it has been a whirlwind because it went really fast you know publishing is different world now than it used to be so it happens really quickly um it was a little editing and then and then it was out there and and then i was like oh my gosh i'm getting reviews and stuff (laughs) kind of crazy kind of crazy but um totally amazing and i'm very happy that i'm able to um share this story with people because it's something i really have it has a lot of heart i think and i really believe in the message it has so i'm really glad that that somebody took it up and and put it out there to make it available to other people the plot is about sam a middle-aged gay man who buys a house a farmhouse in georgia with a past that happens oh, to include a couple of ghosts. Well, yeah, <laughs> actually. Um, people in Georgia, and I'm from Georgia, so I kind of said it in the place I know. Um, people in Georgia will tell you that all these old houses have ghosts, so it's not, um, it's not anything special, really. But um, this house, uh, its ghost is very special because uh, not only is Sam gay, but so is this ghost. So, um they kind of form this interesting relationship uh and then sam learns about his past uh henry his past and 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 the awful stuff that really awful stuff that happened to him in the house but um part of sam's healing from this bad relationship he's escaping is to go rebuild this house and in, and it's in a sense it's a metaphor for rebuilding himself too he's rebuilding himself at the same time <clears throat> getting himself back from a, a failed relationship so um the fact that it has a gay ghost is kind of a, just a bonus <laughs> 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 uh, 
I mean, who doesn't want to get a ghost? I would love that. Like, right. What aren't your ghosts scary? Why don't you go for that approach? Well, because I think um, the problem with that is that ghosts aren't always scary. Uh, sometimes humans are scarier than ghosts. Uh, and in this case, that is what happened uh, in this story. The, the humans in the story are far worse than the ghosts. Uh, and um, cause most of the misery that, that comes about because of the story. So I wanted to, to show that um, sometimes, and I really do believe this too, I think that sometimes spirits um, are here to help us. They're not always here to hurt us. There are a couple of moments that Henry has that are kind of frightening, uh, but for the most part, he is a, a gentle, sweet, soul and and even though all the things that have happened to him in his life are well not all of them but a lot of them are really awful uh he manages to overcome them and not have a bad attitude and not only that he wants to help sam when he finds out sam is hurting he wants to help sam so i feel like henry is a ghost with a with a huge heart uh someone who just doesn't harbor a lot of hate. And I think that's probably why uh, he's a good guy in my story. Your book reads like a stage play, but with Southern hospitality and ghosts. You ever <laughs> thought about adapting it into a play? I, um, it's interesting you would say that because uh, I am from a theater background. I, I, I was a theater major at the University of Georgia. And um, and I do see things when I write them visual. I see them visually when I'm writing them. Um, in this case, it was more like I could see it as a movie, maybe, or or as a um, a limited series or something. I can just see the setting and you know all those places and all those things are so in my memory from living. I've lived in that place, so. It just seemed very real to me. I, I actually <clears throat> lived for a while in a house in Rail, Georgia, that was being renovated. Uh, this is when I was a student, and it had a spring house in the back. Uh, and that's one of the reasons that I that was kind of my inspiration for this is what actually happened there, you know, and um, why why did people leave this house and yeah, you know, it every house has a history and uh especially was it really old ones. <laughs> I think so. I'm pretty sure it was. Um it it was an old Danny Bellum house and it had a really interesting story because um so the people who lived there, this is the, I don't know if this is true or not, but I was told this the people who lived there um built a house uh, this was a house out in the country with like 150 acres of land around it and they so they built a house in town and they left this one standing just completely empty uh didn't sell it and, and it just stayed that way for years and years and years and um so somebody finally bought it and renovated it and i and they gave me the opportunity to live there for free um which you're, you're a college student living somewhere for free is pretty awesome um you know if i would just kind of stay there to make sure nothing happened to it at night so i was out there all by myself 
in this big old house. A lot of nights I would hear things, you know, and your mind goes a little crazy. Uh, but um, I, you know, there's one thing that I, I'm almost positive I heard gunshots one night in the house and uh, uh-huh. it was just me. Yeah, it was just me. So kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a legend uh, for a lot, you know, I think it's probably true of West Virginia too, these old houses, you know, sometimes the kids make up stories or whatever, but it felt haunted to me. I, I lot, you know how sometimes you're in a room and you just feel like somebody's behind you mm-hmm. and, and, and nobody's there. You feel that thing on your neck. So it's kind of like that. So where can people purchase your book at? It's on Amazon right now. Uh, it's, and you can buy it in Kindle or hardcover or paper. Um, we've, we've gotten some early sales, which has been great. Uh, my reviews so far have been great. I, I just have been really, really thrilled uh, to see the response. I mean, it's one thing. Of course, I shared it around, you know, to friends and stuff when I was writing it. And I got some, you know, encouraging feedback from them. But they're your friends and your family uh and you know they they're not they're being nice to you uh which they should be but when it goes out into the public and people you don't know uh say nice things about it well that's that's a whole different thing so um i'm i'm just really hoping that what you said is true i would love to see it come i would love to see it on a screen and and i've had a couple of people say to me when they read it this is such a movie. It's, it's just such a perfect story for a movie. So maybe one day, maybe one day. We'll see. Your book, to me, it read like a giant social commentary on gay life in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. In some ways it is, for real. Um, it is because, I mean, obviously I grew up there and some of those people in those stories, I was like, I know these people so well. Um, <clears> that actually, I, uh, you know, I'll be completely honest. Sam's ex uh, is kind of a conglomeration of a couple of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was kind of fun to see him get a little bit of a comeuppance. But um, yeah, I feel like there's still, even now, um, there's so much stigma attached to being gay still. Uh, and there's some people that just can't deal with it, you know, like Spencer's character. He just can't deal with the fact that he is through hides. Uh, and it makes them different. It makes them different people and kind of bitter and, and not um, not nice. And he's not nice. But then his whole family is not nice. They kind of just fall into that trap. But, yeah. Um, that, and, but then, of course, Sam is like, He's like my gay everyman, actually. Um, I wrote Sam thinking of a lot of different people. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of people who are gay and in relationships and uh, they think that they are settled and they're, and they're going to be together forever. And then one day it all just goes to pot and, you know, it's gone. And how do you come back from that? That was, that was one of the things I was thinking about when I was writing Sam. It, he is hurt and he is disillusioned, I think, about love. And um, and he just thinks, I'm just going to go live by myself in the country for the rest of my life and be alone. And 
Um, of course, that's not the way it works out. But uh, that's what he's thinking because he's just, you know, licking his wounds, basically. What was life like growing up gay in the Peach State? <sighs> um, it was it was difficult. I'm not gonna lie, it was difficult. Uh, Georgia is the deep south. You know, there's a lot of you know Bible Belt, um, and not everybody was was open to that idea. Um, and I, I found that I had to go. I had to leave my hometown, which is a small town, and go to a college town before I could really be myself. But that college town happened to be Athens, Georgia, which is also part of the book. And, uh, and I just found myself there. It was crazy. Um, it was a different time. I'm, I'm, I'm older than you, I'm sure. And it was just like a, uh, it was one of those things where it was kind of exciting to be gay, if that makes any sense. <laughs> It was mm -hmm. kind of like, I'm different, we, you know, um, and uh, and everybody there was kind of like, they didn't care because it was a college town and everybody was different anyway and weird, not, you know, so it was okay to be gay. Uh, so that was kind of cool. Uh, and then <clears throat> when I left Athens, I moved to Atlanta. Well, Atlanta is kind of like San Francisco of the South. So, you know, it was okay to be gay there too. Um, so yeah, it, it was just like, a, uh, I, I feel for people still who grow up in those small towns and never manage to escape, never manage to get out of them because I think it's um, very difficult, probably still, even now, even today, it's still very difficult to be in a really small town. You ever run into any of the members of the BT2s or REM when oh you were in college? Dude, I was there when REM and the B-52s were not even famous yet. Um, they were they were still party bands for us. Um, I like to tell this story that I opened for REM once, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is true in a way. I, there was this there was this bar in Athens called the Chameleon Club, and REM played there often and. Um, so I was in the theater school and this Norwegian grad school student did this play called Schubert's Last Serenade. And he cast me as Schubert because he thought I looked like him. And um, they brought us into this bar to do this one act play every night. And then afterward, the, the R.E.M. would just play, you know, there's kind of play. And um and I went on for like, I think two weeks or something like that. And at first it was so amazing because I was like, yeah, I'm gonna hang around and listen to R.E.M. And then uh, toward the end, people would be like, are you staying? And I'd be like, nah, I'm tired, I'm going home. <laughs> 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 you know, um, which is crazy now to think about it because I know when R.E.M. became famous, I was a little, I was a little like resentful because I was like, no, that's, that's our band. You. You can't have them, uh, but uh, of course they became huge and famous and wonderful. And I'm I'm happy for their success very much so. But um, yeah, that was a crazy college experience. And then there was this other place that was like uh, called the Mad Hatter, and it was a, a disco. And the B52s would go there and just be like hang out, and dancing and stuff. You know, it was 
It was amazing. It was an amazing time. And then, of course, all of them went on to be hugely famous. Um, but at that time, you know, I would stand behind Michael Stipen at the bank, you know, making deposits or cashing <laughs> it was It was kind of a crazy time. Was he down to earth? Very much so. Um, I think he was and still is a great artist. And I think he um, was the kind of person that was very much into him, into his thoughts and into, you know, his creativity and things like that. So um, he was not like gregarious and outgoing and all those sorts of things. But, uh, but yeah, it was, he was a very nice person, definitely. I really was got more to know Peter. I got more to know Peter Buck, to be honest. Um, because he was working at a record store called What Street, and um, and I would just go in there and hang in there and talk about music and say, "What should I listen to next?" And he would give me these great recommendations for for albums and stuff. I think he turned me on to the Smiths, actually. Oh. yeah, crazy. Was Georgia more designing women or Gone with the Wind when you were growing? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I would say definitely designing women. Uh, in fact, uh, my character, it's funny you would ask this because my character, Dorothy in the book, um, I, when I was writing her, I was imagining Jean Smart playing the part, um, the whole time. And, uh, I still did. Well, that would be amazing if she would do it. But yeah, I, the, they got designing women got a lot of stuff right about the South. Uh, I felt like of all the characters, Suzanne and uh, Julia were the most Southern and the most Southern that I recognized. But yeah, very much so. That I knew a lot of Julias and and uh, Suzanne. <laughs> I recently learned Georgia in the past few years that Georgia had segregated high school proms. Was your prom segregated? Yeah. It was not actually, but um, only because we only had two black students in my entire school, uh, which would have been horrible, obviously, to, to keep them out. Uh, but um, no, I don't remember that at all being the case where I went to school. Uh, but again, not a huge black population there. So, can you be a gay free spirit in Georgia, or do you have to worry about being attacked for being your true, authentic self? I think it's easier now than when I was growing up, uh, especially easier, um, you know, in a larger city like a Savannah or an Atlanta. Um, Small towns, I guess, are still probably difficult. However, I'm seeing a lot of change happen um, in my friends and my friends' kids and stuff. I see them going to prom, and I can you know you can tell that they're they're having their own lives and having a great time and doing their own thing. I think that's fantastic. Uh, it, I couldn't have done that when I was growing up. So the change has been good. I think. Do you think it's harder to be an openly LGBT person in West Virginia compared to Georgia? Ah, that's such a good question. Um, I, it's hard for me to say because I'm married and I've been married ever since I've been here. So it's kind of difficult because we were sort of, you know, settled and no fun anymore. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I, I think 
here's one thing that I think is interesting, and maybe you can give me some insight on this. When I got up here, I was like, oh my God, my gaydar totally doesn't work here because I would meet people and I would be like, oh yeah, this guy's definitely gay. And then the next thing I would know, I'd be talking about his girlfriend and I'd be like, really? Because it just seems to me like you might be gay. But, you know, maybe my gaydar just went off or something. I don't know. Not but, really. Uh, a lot of them are married to women. Halloween is. is a few weeks away. Yeah. Yes. I gotta my ask favorite you, holiday. what is your favorite ghost story? Uh, oh, there's so many good ones. Um, I love, gosh, what is the name of it? I guess it is called A Ghost Story, but it's, it's, it, they made it into a movie, um, but it's about these um, three guys and, and they are all party to the death of this woman. And they put her in a car and, and try to, they think she's dead. They put her in a car and they push the car into a lake. And just as she's going down in the water, her head pops up in the back window and they realize she's still alive and that they're literally killing her. Um, and I, it's, it's a really old movie, but it's so good. I think Peter Straub wrote the book. Um, I saw the movie. And it, yeah, the movie's really good. Really good. Fred Astaire, a lot of old actors, I think, in it. Um, but I, I love that story. And it's got Alice Krieger in it, who is the board queen. So if you know Star Trek. She, I, I remember her. And she also, she was also in uh, Sleepwalkers. Yes. 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 I love her. Great actress. Um, and I think that was one of her earliest roles. But I love that story. Such a good story. Um, that is not a happy ghost story, though. <laughs> I just want to say that ghost nope. story does not end up good for everybody. So. Are you dressing up for Halloween this year? Um, I might. I love, love, love the fact that I live in West Virginia now and we have actual trick or treaters who come to the door. My husband, Steve, the first year I lived here, he said, You better get, he was working at night at that point. He said, You better get a lot of candy. I was like, why? You know, because I'm from Atlanta. And they just don't do that there. And he said, because there's going to be tons of trick-or-treaters. You better get bags and bags of candy. And I told him, I just don't. I don't see that happening. But I got some. And I was ready for them. I thought. I came to the door. We had lots of them. And they were so cute. Oh, my God. So cute. Um, the one I remember the most, she was dressed up like Winifred. <laughs> from focus focus and she was perfect she was absolutely perfect but um so he was right i started because i'm not the kind of person who can just get one piece of candy and i'll hand out hands of it and um and i ran out pretty quickly and then i was like oh my gosh what am i gonna do because i'm not candy uh and i i, I keep one i i want to keep seeing these kids you know they're so cute come to the door so I ran back into the house and I was like, what do I have? What do I have that I can hand out? Cause I'm out of stuff. And we had just gotten married. Our anniversary is the 21st. So it's coming up. Um, and so I said, um, what can I, what can I give them? And I looked and I was like, I found like a, <laughs> found a bunch of mint from the way left <laughs> over. I just started handing those out because it was all I had. It was all I had left. So. That's not bad. Um, One year I handed out home interior and I was trying to get rid of this shit. <laughs> I mean, it was horrible giving little seven, eight year olds little um, 
expensive. It was my mom stuff. My mom gave me like, um, it was like teapots and stuff like that. I mean, it was really nice, but I didn't have room for it. And I didn't like the gaudy looking shit. So I gave it to the kids. They looked at well, me like, you know. thanks, but you know, Hey, yeah. <laughs> be happy. You got something. Right. And I probably went out and told the other kids, don't go there. Don't even bother. <laughs> it's not worth your time. Who knows? Whatever. I, I mean, you I will think... hand out, um, healthy food in Georgia. Like... No, no, no. God, no. Peaches? absolutely not. No. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe people have handed out peaches before. I don't know. Alligator jerky? Um, no, that's that's more like Louisiana. Um, we we hand out stuff like I remember when I was a kid, we would get things like popcorn balls and weird stuff like caramel apples. People would actually give out caramel apples on Halloween. So, um, but of course, I was like, I just want chocolate. That's all I was looking for was chocolate. Bring me the chocolate. Um, so my that's brother and I, in were, West Virginia. <laughs> Well, that's good because I love it. Uh, my my brother and I was like, you know, at the end of the night, we would like drag out everything and kind of do the trading thing like most kids do. And then luckily we liked different things. So it was very easy to shove the stuff at him that I didn't like and he gave me the stuff he didn't like and it worked out great. But I, I, I was more like, I want all the chocolate stuff and he was like, I want all the, you know, fruit flavored stuff. So totally worked out. Have y'all been in West Virginia long? I've been here. Well, Steve is from here. He grew up here. Uh, and I am from Atlanta. And I've been here like, wow, it's like six years now. Crazy. And I love it. I really love it here. I love West Virginia. Um, I, I, I have found that I can focus. I think I never would have written this book if I had not moved to West Virginia, actually. Because Atlanta is very staticky. Things are happening around you all the time. It's very difficult to focus. But when I came here, I don't know. It just kind of, it took me a while. But it finally came to me um, to be creative again and to allow myself to write again. Yeah, it's been great, actually. Is there a second book in you? There is. I've already started writing it. Um, it's going to be a very different story. It's not, there's no supernatural element to this one, uh, but it's going to be a really, really, I hope, um, sort of different kind of mystery. One of the comments I had that was so rewarding on uh, Amazon was someone said, the only, the only complaint I have is that this is the only book you've got. And I was like, wow, that is... If that's not encouragement to write another book, I don't know what is. Is there anything else you'd like to say about the spring house? It's a story about redemption. It's a story about love. It's a story about finding your way back from hurt and heartache. And it's a story about believing in the power of love. And I, I think that is the main message of what it is. I hope people relate to that. Brian Cochran's book, The Spring House, is available to purchase now. Cochran resides in Charleston, West Virginia with his husband, Stephen, and their three doggy children, Teddy, Mabel, and Ellie. I want to thank my special guest, Brian Cochran, for coming on the Mothman in the Bible Belt podcast to discuss his book and growing up gay in the Peach State. You can find Mothman in the Bible Belt podcast outlet updates, guest bios, 
links to social media, and more at www.mothmanandthebiblebelt.com. Thanks for listening.